Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. game tonight boys big game tonight uh put it lightly <laughs> i know the two the two top teams in the pacific battling it out uh in la this time good road trip for the kings taking five out of six uh coming for that first place spot uh you guys got a couple games in hand but it seems like playoff hockey on this road trip absolutely yeah these these darn la kings they keep surprising us and i think before the season our podcast, we kind of said, I don't know if we see them making the playoffs, but if they make the playoffs, it's not going to surprise us. And they've definitely exceeded our expectations, that's for sure. Yeah, more or less. Uh, I don't know. I, did I even give them that much credit to say that they might make the playoffs? It wouldn't be surprised. I think I'm more surprised to see, you know, kind of the steps that collectively that young group has taken. Um, and yeah, they now they they scare the piss out of me. But uh, <laughs> I, yeah, definitely not looking forward to uh, to seeing that down the stretch, especially how tight it is in the standings. Like, what you guys are only three points back. We got three games in hand, but still, like, I, I don't know. Flames are on a bit of a skid here, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll see where that takes us. Yeah, three points back, and then we got Edmonton one point behind us. Definitely going to come down to the stretch. You got to get a, a lot of uh, two nothing wins, especially since you're facing the Pacific. You can't let people get those three point games. Uh, but it, I didn't really think the Flames were going to be in first place. So you guys have had a, a really crazy season as well. And so let's let's get going into that. Uh, starting off with you know a guy that has fixed both the culture in in both of our organizations in Sutter. Talk about for you guys how that came about because we all know the change that he made leading to a cup. How did that change? How's that culture change for you guys? And were you guys a fan of the signing, you know, uh, when it first happened? Uh, <laughs> well, James definitely, uh, he's got some choice nicknames or had some choice nicknames for, uh, for Daryl Sutter when the, uh, when the signing <laughs> happened. I'll let, I'll let him talk about that a little bit after me here. But, uh, yeah, you know what? Looking back at it last year, we knew that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't going well under Jeff Ward, and uh, you know he he was not destined to be a starting uh, you know our head coach in the NHL. I don't think, and uh, you know looking back at that system and the jump, uh, the line juggling and, and the combinations he would put out to like night after night, just changing things. Um, it was pretty easy to to kind of fall in love with the return of Daryl Sutter because you know you know you were getting a very well regimented and structured system that was coming in. Uh, and I think the best thing too, is you, you know what Daryl Sutter expects and you know, you guys know it just as well as he, he expects greatness, right? He doesn't take anything less than, 
then uh, he expects you to be your best night in and night out. Um, and even talking with some of the guys who play for him, we've had a couple guys on our show and he, he outlines what, he, what he wants. And he, you know, you, you never feel like you don't know what Daryl Sutter expects from you. And I think that's something that the Calgary flames have been missing or lacking for, uh, for some time in their, uh, in their coaching department there. But, uh, Overall, happy with the way it's uh, it ended up because his system is just something that uh, every player in that dressing room has has grasped onto and hasn't let go of. Yeah, for me, the first the first couple days there, I was I followed the hype. I was I wrote an article and compared the Flames to the LA Kings in 2012 as a team that was on the brink, and then they went on this big run. Obviously, the Flames missed the playoffs last year, but they kind of went on a bit of a tough streak to end the year. Wasn't a big fan of Sutter because the flames had just recycled so many coaches. And I just thought, all right, here we go with another one, but he has definitely surpassed my expectations. He's proved me wrong in pretty much every aspect. So yeah, just an incredible turnaround under Daryl Sutter. I think both me and Audie predicted the flames to be the third best team in this division. So the fact they're first right now is outstanding. Kiffin, why don't you talk about the, that with that year that he first came in for the Kings and and maybe the similar sentiments that our boys uh, over the border there are talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a huge I'm a huge Daryl Sutter fan. I love I loved every minute of him coaching the Kings. Um, you know, I. I when when they hired him, I thought great. You know, he goes back to Calgary. It always seemed like when he was with the Kings, he talked a lot about like unfinished business, and you know, after the after the loss to Tampa Bay, so it, it was really cool to see him behind the bench. One of the things that I noticed, especially with this season, I feel like I feel like last season you kind of have to throw out a little bit. It was kind of getting used to it, and they didn't have all the preseason. But like the the possession numbers look exactly like the Kings, and like that's been one of the greatest things to see. Because I mean, again, as a fan of Daryl Sutter, I just like seeing the system. You know, seeing seeing Calgary cut through the the middle of the ice with pressure, with poise, and with those real good short passes is phenomenal. I mean, uh, the, the emergence of Andrew Mangiapane, um, you know, uh, Oliver Shillington, like these are guys who are, who are clearly buying into the system and who benefit from it. You know, looking back at 2012, that was Dwight King, Jordan Nolan, um, you know, the same, the same guys. Do I, I mean, honestly, I think Calgary, you know, has a really good shot to being objective at, you know, at really making a deep run and whatever, whoever put, you know, whatever in, Markstrom's head that he just had to shut everybody out (laughs) like that you know I that's that's got to be that's got to be when you get world-class goaltending with this kind of system that works with these guys who are buying into it I mean there's there's no stopping you so I it's just like I said it's nice to see it's nice to see the the pressure going up and again there are some things that there are some things that Calgary is able to do that LA wasn't and y'all have superstar players, Brady Kachuk, Sean Monahan, all that. Like I, we, we weren't able to control play like that because we did. We had we had um, Kopitar, but that was kind of about it. Carter showed up, but it wasn't perfect. So, yeah, you guys, uh, you guys, any see any similarities between uh, the 2012, our 2012 team, and your, your team right now? That is, you know, drawing comparisons on your end. I think definitely. As to what Kiffin just said with possession numbers and like, I'm a big analytics guy. So in looking at Sutter's past coaching history, his teams have always been insanely good at any metric, really. Like we had Jay Fresh from Jay Fresh hockey on, and he said like part of the reason he got into analytics was to understand Daryl Sutter teams because they were so outworldly and they just like it's hard to explain like he just he has a certain way of doing things and it works so well yeah no i would i would echo everything that james just said um i think the most impressive part about it all is turning players like johnny gaudreau um specifically into 200 foot like complete players um defensively responsible and you know pitching in on the back check and stuff like that it's you know something we haven't seen from players like that 
you know, and then all of a sudden Daryl Sutter comes in and you wouldn't expect anything less because Daryl Sutter teams are so defensively responsible, you know, in addition to so many other things. But all of a sudden Johnny Gaudreau, who's, you know, probably going to have one of the best uh, years of his career, like production wise offensively is also gaining recognition for playing a more complete game and, uh, and definitely getting some recognition too, for, you know, people are considering him for the heart. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to see. It's 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 nice to see. It's almost unbelievable to see just what he could do to turn things completely around from what it was under Jeff Ward. Well, another thing that you get with Daryl Sutter is a man of little words when it comes to the press conferences. He has plenty of gems when he was in L.A. Uh, I know you guys have only had a season and a half of this, but what have been some of your favorite moments as far as uh, the, the, post, the post-game gems that he gives? Oh, uh, <laughs> most recently, uh, Eric Branson, one of our defensemen got, I think he bit through his tongue or something. So he was gone for about half an hour and then Sutter just goes, well, I don't know what these doctors are doing. I could have done it in five minutes. That's what I do with the cows or whatever. <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh, his just quotes a, are just so classic. funny. Just a good Viking Alberta boy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. One of my favorites, it, it's simple, but it's like, it just, it, it's just so Daryl Sutter because it's exactly what he wants and exactly what he stands for. Someone asked him what he was like most impressed about or something like that. And he goes, W's. That's what I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, you, you know what? Me too. Like, I guess, I guess that's something that that's, him and I have in common. <laughs> yeah. The one, the one thing, uh, the game on, uh, you know, the last game that we played against you guys and he goes, so what do you think about this game? He goes, we lost in a shootout. Like that with his head, like yeah. Next question. But 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 like he also like every media member just respects the living hell out of him. Like they don't take it as any. They know it's Daryl Sutter. Like they're not taking yeah. it for anything less than it's just Daryl being Daryl. So. Yeah, I, I think I think I think the important thing that he does with with those post games is that he he really makes it clear. I remember there was a post game in L.A. that he he talked about. He said it's it's just a game. At the end of the day, you're not dying. It's just a game. And like that's what I why I think they respect him so much is that like he just has that mentality of like this is this is fun like we all get to play this great sport. Um, Brandon stole my mind from this season, but <laughs> I, I have I have one in the in the in the chamber that is uh, absolutely my favorite Daryl Sutter quote, which is when his with his time in L.A. where they're like, oh, you know, you're late to the rink. He's like, yeah, I lost my glasses. I had to go to Costco. We got three, <laughs> three for forty dollars. <laughs> oh, never changed, Daryl. Yeah, Never <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, so uh, he's uh, established definitely established cultures here, leading to a couple of the top lines uh, for you guys this year. If you're looking at, uh, you know, Flames have some of the two of the top ten and uh, goals expected with uh, Lindholm, Kachuk, and Gaudreau accounting for over 800 minutes on the ice together. What it makes that line so effective, and and how does that really blossom? You mentioned Gaudreau's name already, and how's that really blossomed under this new system with those guys? So I think. A lot of Flames fans liked Elias Lindholm, but he really came into his own this year. He's received, you know, Selkie love and stuff this year, which is warranted. And I mean, if we're talking kind of NHL 22 mechanics, you have Kachuk, who's your stereotypical power forward, right? I know you guys in LA, especially Drew Doughty, (laughs) despise Matthew Kachuk and we in Calgary absolutely love him every time he does literally anything. And then you have that, you know, two-way forward in Elias Lindholm, who also has such a great and underrated shot, plus Gaudreau, who is, for my money, one of, if not the best playmakers in the entire NHL. So just, it's been such a fascinating line to watch this year. And literally every time they take the ice, I kind of get up in my seat because it seems like something always happens when they, when they're out there. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Before I go any further, I'll preface. I know this is a King show, so I'll, I'll get a little bit of a, I'll get a little bit of this out of it's the a, way. It's a, it's a crossover, man. <laughs> no, 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 it's a good one. It's a good one though. I, I, I've got to be the only dude in Calgary or, or possibly the only dude who covers this team who actually loves the absolute crap out of Drew Doughty. Um, <laughs> I grew up in Guelph, Ontario, so I used to watch him play a boatload when he was with the Storm uh, in the OHL. So he's always going to hold a special place in my heart. Um, but to the topic of the best lines in the NHL, yes, the Gaudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm line. Um, 
Yeah, basically everything James said is 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 hitting the nail on the head. I know I've, I sound like a broken record. He's just so smart that James Johnson over there. Aww. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I don't know. You want to talk about defensive responsibility too? Like all three of those guys, like they don't get as many defensive zone starts, but you know when the puck goes the other way, they're doing everything they can to back check. And I know Elias Lindholm gets a lot of love for uh, for you know in the Selkie conversation here, but I think the same could be said for for Matthew Kachuk who who might be better defensively. I don't know if I've looked at the uh, analytics as closely recently, James, but uh, I'm fairly certain Matthew Kachuk is up there as well. And and you know what? It's something that Flames fans have been calling for for a while to get these three together, even last year. I remember it being such a sigh of relief when they finally took Goudreau off of Monaghan's line. This is something that that, uh, Jeff Ward loved to to beat in everybody's brain is that Goudreau must play with uh, Sean Monaghan. And I think the best thing for Johnny Gaudreau was getting off of Sean Monaghan's wing. And, uh, you know, it's uh, – sorry, just reading that comment there. Uh, but, yeah, it's um, – yeah, definitely – sorry, I lost my train of thought. Oh, sorry. But, uh, <laughs> the defensive responsibility of that top line and the fact that uh, all three of those guys can finish. I'll, I'll leave it with that. Yeah, for all of you guys listening tomorrow or, or, or this, uh, we put up a, a quote from CJ here. He said, well, yeah, we do dislike Kachuk, but we would take him in a minute. And I think it's the same thing with, you know, Brad Marshan and all those guys, like the, oh, yeah. the rat style guys. <laughs> uh, you know, you do like them when they're on a team and then you can't stand them when you're playing against them. But I think it's honestly, it's brought a lot of passion to the games between teams that aren't traditionally rivals, which, uh, or at least lately. Um, and so I, I think it's something that um, is definitely needed in the game of hockey a little bit more attitude a little bit more spice and, and it, it definitely chalked up those games uh against uh against our, our clubs there another line that you guys have that's in the top 10 is the Mangiapani backland coleman line it's a little bit more recent uh what is that line brought to your your guys's franchise obviously kiffin mentioned the uh surgence of Mangiapani this year um what is that line meant to you guys and how does it bring a different flavor to to uh when you guys roll them out yeah, like Andrew Mangiapane has been such an incredible story. We just had Michael Backlund on, who is such a good two-way forward. And Blake Coleman, obviously, everybody knows how insanely good defensively and on the forecheck and all that stuff. Like, he's, the Tampa Bay Lightning don't win a cup without Blake Coleman, plain and simple. So he's he's been such a great addition to this flames team it's not something we see a lot where we get u.s free agents that want to sign in calgary so it was such a a good ad and he's he's now playing with i think it's yarn croak and dube yeah so they they've moved him down with the addition of tyler Toffoli. but that just shows you that calgary's forward group has so much depth and so many options that have worked well with each other. Yeah, that and uh, depth and flexibility too. The ability, the ability to move, you know, uh, seemingly move guys up and down the lineup, but not disturb too much. If that makes sense, you're not really messing up too much uh, chemistry. If that's if you want to talk about chemistry and and uh, familiarity, because most of these guys have at some point played with each other, uh, whether it be last year or this year. Um, but yeah, now that you know that Michael Backline, we talk about expected goals. Uh, they were they were fantastic. Uh, they they have shuffled it up since then, and now um, it's playing more of a shutdown role. They're getting a lot of defensive zone starts, which uh, which is probably probably good. They're not necessarily going to light up the score sheet every single night, but they're doing what they can in their own end uh, to get that puck up the ice and get that top line back over the boards to start some. Uh, start some generating some offense, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it just goes to show you, you talk about two lines that uh, have been dominant all year and expected goals, uh, both coming from the Calgary flames, just another nod to what James said about the depth um, that this team does have just up and down the lineup. It's uh, it's nice to see for once. <laughs> it's uh, it's really nice to see. Yeah. We've had uh, our share of a guy that's been up and down the lineup and Trevor Moore or a thousand Oaks negative trade of Trevor Moore. You can't really say his name without, mentioning where he's from uh, in L.A. Uh, but their line with uh, Deneau and Moore is ninth in expected goals. And it's just been the model for the Kings as well this year, putting a lot of shots on net, uh, creating a lot of chances, and and trying to score from the crease, whether it be on rebounds or in scrums and everything like that. And and so um, 
and so it's just been a revelation for us. And I didn't really think Trevor Moore was a second line player, but it just shows how good to know is uh, having his best season ever as a pro um, and coming in and just anybody who plays with him is, is, is doing well. Kempe, you know, Victor Arvidsson and everything like that. And, and so where the Kings have been pretty much carried by Kopitar for the last four years or his pretty much his entire career, we're rolling four lines every single game. Um, you know, Lazat is out right now, but that fourth line with him, Lemieux and, and Kaliev, uh, you know, is one of the best lines that we have. And if, once they get all healthy, it'll be something great there. But I think the depth is shown as well. Like you guys said, I mean, 10 over 10 injuries and we've still kept second place that we actually gained uh, a point on Edmonton in the month of March, even though we had 10 injuries on our team. And so, it was just something it's so it's been a revelation with Dano and and those types of guys and playing that kind of possession hockey and really relying on the system to be effective. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that scares me the most about the Kings is the uh is the fact that they play they play such a like I don't want to say Calgary like game, but a Daryl Sutter, like that system never really left. Like it's it's still, you know, generating shot opportunities and, and just getting things to the nets and, and and finishing from there. So I think that's what scares me the most about the Kings that and the fact that like you mentioned 10 injuries and you're still you know you're still gaining points on Edmonton I just I don't know scares me a little bit yeah we're talking about that uh that more to know and Victor Arvidsson line what has that brought to the Kings in your opinion um I would say I would say speed I would say transition uh one of the things that I see the most from them is transition into the forecheck they're able to turn the play back the right way that you know that's something Definitely after Sutter left and in, in the rebuild that the Kings have gone through, that's something that we lost is sort of, you know, we were always backing off, backing off, backing off. And then with the, I mean, with the, the nice line, I guess is what they're called. Uh, they, you know, they're, they're able to turn it around and really push the play back into um, the offensive zone. Like that's, that's what's gotten up, what's gotten them so many points is that they don't give up. And that's one thing that you see throughout the Kings lineup this year with all the injuries. I mean, 10 guys going down, we, we there's no quit. There's no there's no ability, it seems, in that locker room to say, well, guys, we're, we're just having a bad game. There's n- no stopping them. And like that's that's what I see. I mean, it's what I see out of the Flames, too. I mean, and you're, you guys are absolutely right. That's the remnants of the Daryl Sutter system. You're not out of the game. It's not whether you win or lose. It's whether you're winning or losing. It's been it's been a, it's been great. I mean, you have you have Jersey who stepped up. You have had Jordan Spence, a lot of these young D-men playing over 20 minutes a night. Um you know, and I think we've had the the youngest D core in the league this year for for this month, and so it's just been crazy how uh, Kings fans have been like, oh, like the high best prospect pool in hockey, best prospect pool in hockey. But then you see guys like Zagris, you know, outproduce Turcotte and all these guys are like, when are we going to get that chance to come? And and it's shown, you know, with the Jersey Spence, uh, you know, the Champagne line with Byfield, uh, Kupari, and uh, Velarde there has has been. Uh, really nice uh, for us, and so it's it's been functional. And then we've been a, being able to roll out two goalies, which we'll uh, go into our next topic with between the pipes. Uh, both of our teams wouldn't be here this year without key goaltending at certain points, if not all the season. You guys are riding one horse, it seems, with Markstrom, and, and we've been going <laughs> back and forth. Talk about his improvement this year and, and what you've seen out of him and and how he's carried the team. If anybody wants to start with that. I'll, I'll let Audie start this time. Sure, yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah, the the Jacob Markstrom emergence, I think this is something that, uh, you know, Flames fans were waiting for, maybe not maybe not waiting for, but what, what Flames fans expected when uh, Jacob Markstrom came to Calgary. Uh, during his time as a Canuck, I think that he was underappreciated outside of the market, like outside of Vancouver. I think he was underappreciated and maybe a little bit underrated. Uh, without Jacob Markstrom, there's absolutely zero compete in that, uh, Vancouver Canucks team from, you know, the past three years. Um, but now, you know, this year he, he, he just wants to keep playing too. He, uh, he wants every single start. He's been, uh, he's been lights out. He's, he's come up with key saves at, uh, at key moments and he keeps the guys in. And I think that's easy to rally around too. Um, and I think that might be, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, offensively we see so much, uh, so much firepower there too, just because they they rally around the big moments and and Marky really does keep them in. Um, I would say maybe they're playing him a bit too much. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Vladar step up a little bit and, and get some more starts, but uh, we know that Daryl Sutter's going to ride his guy. You guys have you guys saw it with Quick too. Um, Daryl Sutter, when he, when he likes his guy, he's going to ride with his guy unless he says otherwise. So, 
not surprised to see him get as many starts as he had or has as he has lately. Um, but again, also not surprised to see him uh, produce the way he has either. Yeah, you're looking at 50, 54 games started, 31 and 14 with a 219 and a 924 save percentage there. Uh, what have what have you seen as well? Yeah, like I'm a big Markstrom guy. Got his jersey literally right there. <laughs> so I got that the day they signed him and his number got released. James because... was the first Calgary Flames fan with a Markstrom jersey. It's true. So just <laughs> such a such a good guy. And I think like Calgary doesn't have a captain, but I think Jacob Markstrom is their captain, if we're being honest, because what he's done this year has been incredible. As Audie said, he's been played a lot. And that's something of concern with Jacob Markstrom is injuries. He has a like a career of injuries. So I would like to see Dan Vladar played a little more, especially while they're on the road trip and the remaining schedule isn't the hardest. So yeah, Markstrom incredible. Like, the thing that just comes to my mind right now is in that nine to five Edmonton game, like Calgary wasn't going to win that game, but Markstrom makes a massive save. And then Elias Lindholm goes the other way and scores. And I don't know if the flames win that game. If Markstrom doesn't make that save. Uh, Kiffin, what do you think about Markstrom and, and how obviously we know how much a goalie can be important with winning a cup, obviously quickly, was unreal godlike in, in both 12 and 14. Um, do you see a little bit of that in Markstrom with this Flames team, and, and will they go as far as he can carry them? Um, I I definitely think that I, – I, I don't think Markstrom is stealing games the way that Quickie did. Um, one of the reasons that we had success, you know, from – really honestly from 2010 on with with Quickie was that he was he was stealing games, games we didn't deserve to win. When you see when you see Calgary winning games, they're they're winning games based on how well they're playing. It's it's a full team effort, and Markstrom is uh, you know Mark, Markstrom is key to that. Obviously, you know if, if you had a guy with a with a you know four point three goals against average, you're not going to be doing very well, you know. But his I mean his numbers are really really good. Um, off the top of my head, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in 2012, Quick's regular season save percentage was nine forty. Or that may have been his playoff percentage, but I, I definitely see the ability for um, some really good, uh, some really good play in in the postseason. I mean, Markstrom's uh, of his wins. I mean, of the wins that he has, he has thirty one wins. Thirty percent of them are shutouts. Like he he can definitely carry the team pretty pretty deep. <laughs> yeah, in the two thousand eleven two thousand twelve season. Um... He was up for he was quick got the fifth vote a uh, fifth vote in the heart uh, conversation um, and so he had ten shutouts that season one nine five goals against average and nine two nine is just because the Kings didn't give up very many shots uh, and, and so that, yeah he definitely was standing on his head for sure that's that's the breaker that's the that's the you muted yourself the late breaker there is the goals against average sorry yeah. yeah. <laughs> kid, kid kid making some introductions there uh no no worries um what do you guys think uh, over there do you think calgary do you think markstrom has what it takes to carry this team uh to the first cup since the 80s for you guys oh man i hope so i mean like like you guys just alluded to you don't there. sound very c- convincing <laughs> i mean i, I hope say, so right? i really don't <laughs> sound like you you tell us how you really feel like like you guys said i think I don't think Markstrom is as good as he's been this year. I think he is a product of the system, but he certainly, like we're seeing this year, he has the ability to put the team on his back and at least be the guy to stop pucks when the Flames give up, what, like 20 shots? Like their defensive game is incredible. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, the team in front of him not allowing those chances at least too often like high danger chances or even even shot suppression like i think i don't think nikita zadorov and eric Branson get enough credit for, maybe they do for markstrom owes him a lot owes both of those guys a lot i think for the amount that they uh they they soak themselves before it gets to him but um 
I for one think that like we saw it last year with the Montreal Canadiens and Carey Price uh making making that run and and they got on his back and he carried them to a cup final where they probably shouldn't have been. I know it was an anomaly of a season and a bit of a you know a different year, but uh, let's face it, look at where the Canadians are now and look who's out of the lineup. Carey Price hasn't played for them. I don't actually I don't think he's played all year, right? If I'm not well, mistaken. Neither has Philip Deneau. We gladly took him. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Hundred <laughs> percent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just it, right? Like they lose a guy like Deneau, and we see the impact he's having in LA and and they got on the back of uh, of Carey Price there. So I definitely think that um I do think that Markstrom can uh can get up he gets up for those he gets up for playoff games, man. Like he he would he put up fifty save nights uh in in vancouver like it was nothing and it's a, it's a bit of an easier workload for him here but i i think that he's going to get up for this playoffs and and the team's going to ride him to uh hopefully like you said the first cup since 89 yeah all those canadian fans that were trying to at me when we signed him that he wasn't going to score more than five goals how's that pizza oh you don't listen now yeah how's that to, pizza don't, taste don't now? listen to that side don't listen to that <laughs> part of don't listen to that side what, of Canada. that may be what happened when you put him on the third line but <laughs> give, give him the space give him the space don't listen to uh, to that side of Canada, especially the hockey fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's go to our wonderful sponsors at DraftKings uh, for a little commercial break here. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just one dollar on any team and get one hundred and fifty in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers free shot at millions of dollars in total cash prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 years of age. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling referral services can be assessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, New Hampshire. 888-789-7777. Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 8 8- Seven 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 zero. Stop in Louisiana. Eight seven seven H or eight four six seven three six nine in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text Tennessee Redline at one eight hundred eight eight nine nine seven eight nine in Tennessee or eight 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 five three two thirty five hundred in Virginia. Twenty one years of age. Uh, need apply or 18 or older in New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey. Uh, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, and West Virginia. Only minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Going in here, we're going with the tr- uh, deadline transactions. Obviously, you got you got the, the silky uh, lettuce guy himself, Tyler Toffoli, uh, coming over for helping you guys with some scoring. What did you guys think of that trade? And you know, do you think you guys gave up too much, not enough? How, how was that working? I'm super excited they got it. Done. I was going to say I'm super excited they got it done when they did. Uh, if if Bradshaw Living waited any longer or or waited till the deadline, he would have been uh, he would have been paying way more than he did. I don't think that it was an overpay whatsoever, especially for a guy who's got two years left after this deal. And we we've seen the impact that he's made right away. It wasn't going to be a question either. Like the amount of connections that Tyler Toffoli had to this team, uh, you know, coming in, the obvious one being Daryl Sutter. Uh, played with Milan Lucic when he was a king. Uh, Trevor Lewis, we talk about that. Jeez, uh, I'm missing a whole laundry list. Sean Monahan, he played there in junior in, in Ottawa. We knew it was going to be a seamless fit. Um, the price, obviously, that's that's the price you pay for. Not only, uh, you know, he's not even a rental. You don't you don't even want to call him a rental because he's got two years left on his deal. You're paying for a guy with term. Um, I don't think at all it was an overpaid, James. I think uh, we're kind of in the same boat there. Yeah, like the the common theme in Calgary has been that we've needed a top six right shot right winger for six years and Bradtree Living never gave us that gift and then 
he did that on Valentine's Day and gave us all a little love there. So just like when you look at what Pittsburgh paid for Ricard Raquel and then you compare to what Calgary gave up for Toffoli and get and they got him for another two years, like such a great deal. And then as Audie mentioned, like so many connections you have uh Tanev and Markstrom in Vancouver as well. Or yeah, yeah Vancouver when he was there too. And then the same with Callie Yarncroke, who they also added, who is cousins with Elias Lindholm, grew up with Jacob Markstrom, right? So, and another little cherry on top is that the LA Kings were in on both of them and we, <laughs> we stole them from you. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, we kind of we stayed pat there with us. I, you know, obviously we, we were rumored uh, for Chikrin since Christmas. Uh, that gift never came, uh, <laughs> although the, the price for that, that gift uh, definitely went up uh at the the trade deadline uh from oh maybe one or two to three assets and then it was three first round picks and so i think the kings were fine playing the wedding game on that um and they it was kind of a ballsy move only going for depth because you don't really know what you're getting the trade deadline came when we had 10 people injured uh and so do you really want to make a big move and you don't know if these guys are going to come back and then that big move doesn't help you make the playoffs do you make too small of a move uh, but Troy Stetcher has been a, a, a definitely a quality ad for a seventh round pick, uh, throwing pretty much nothing over there to to Detroit to get him, uh, and was really short of the de- defense. What do you think, Kiffin? Uh, yeah, I, I liked the Stetcher pickup. Um, I think that it was, you know, it was it was good for us. You know, the, I, I was one of the people, definitely, especially one of the hockey royalty people, who was like, "We got to go after Chikrin." Like I was that guy. <laughs> So, but when it, when it all when when all was said and done, when it was when it really came down to time to make that trade, like he was hurt, we were so depleted, you know. And I was kind of like, I don't know, I don't, I don't think we should pull the trigger. And then watching the price go up, I I I, I was one of the I heard, I heard it live on the Sportsnet broadcast that the 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 price suddenly went to three first round picks, and I was like, oh okay, well we can wash our hands of that and move on, you know, and. It's, I mean, things got crazy and, you know, Stetcher was a great pickup, good depth. Uh, I liked him in Vancouver when he played, when he played with Edler and now that he's playing with him again, it works. Um, I'm, I'm glad that Toffoli's with the team that can contend. I've always liked Tyler Toffoli and, you know, definitely for living, making the trade when he did was beneficial because that would have cost a lot of money or a lot of assets um, further on into the day. Yeah. I think the Kings also, their deadline acquisitions was their prospect pool, right? They sent down Velarde Kupari, uh, you know, back to marinate a little bit more in the AHL, brought them all three up, and that line has been buzzing. Uh, you know, the champagne, the champagne line, as we're calling it, uh, and uh, and everything like that. And so it's it's been kind of the revelation there, getting that so uh, from our prospect pool, which is what we needed. And you know, I I didn't like the way it came about, and I know a lot of uh, a lot of us at Hockey Royalty were kind of saying, hey, maybe we should trade away. Uh, you know, uh, an Athens CU or some guy to make room for some of these prospects to come up. And then, and then Athens CU would bury three goals in four games. And you're like, okay, we can't trade a hot guy. You know, like it just made it hard and for us to do anything. But once they, people started going down with injuries, you know, unfortunately that was the case, but it, fortunately it brought up a chance for Spence to show what he can do, uh, brought a chance for the champagne line uh, to, to really blossom and, and see what that could be. Kupari has been using his skating fantastically, his size. Uh, they're chasing down pucks for Byfield. Velarde is a cerebral player. They're finally putting him on the power play. So it, it showed that uh, maybe these guys marinating for the rain uh, a little bit and coming up. And, you know, that was our acquisition was the three first-round picks that are supposed to be key players in our team producing at a level that is complementary on a third line. And it, it, our team hasn't skipped a beat in the fact that we're, we're rolling four lines every night. Uh, and really, until the last final three minutes or two minutes, they might shut it down or shorten the bench. But for the most part, they've been uh, nonstop, uh, you know, not afraid to put those guys in, in situations. And you're looking at Jersey and Spence playing over sometimes over 25 minutes a night. Uh, and they both have less than, you know, 100 games in the NHL. It's just been something uh, to watch for for Kings fans. Yeah, your your prospect pool is so incredibly dangerous, and I'm not looking forward to LA running the Pacific Division for like the next <laughs> ten years. Like Kopitar, Byfield, Dano down the middle, and then all those guys you mentioned. It's I am scared, just straight up. I am scared. 
if the, if the Flames win a cup this year, all can be forgiven. I don't care. Uh, True. I don't care who. I don't care who runs the Pacific as long as uh, as long as I can see the Flames win a cup in my lifetime. Yeah, it's always that's always the thing. If somebody asked me. Somebody asked me on. Uh, it was for you know one of my other teams. Would you would you want to win one championship and then be awful for a decade after, or be like the best team in your division for ten straight years but never win it? I'll take that cup. I'll take yeah. that cup all day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take that cup all day, man. Yeah. Yeah. Not a doubt in my mind. And then yeah. you guys can just 100%. rub it in every Canadian team's face. That's it. As go. long <laughs> as I can throw it in, I, as long as I can spit in Leaf fans' faces, that's all that's all that matters to me. I mean, that's basically what we do as Kings fans, too. And you know, you the, have the Ducks right are like to. the Ducks are like, we have a cup. We're like, yeah, we have two though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's merit to it. So if we can uh, if we can rub it into the rest of Canada, I'd be okay with it. You you brought up an interesting thing. Who's uh, is that your most heated rival? Is the Leafs, or is it just because their fans are the most obnoxious? Or how do how do you guys? Is it different for everybody up in Canada? Or how does? Oh, work? it's just for me. It's just being from Ontario, and uh, I grew up just outside of Toronto. I I'll, I'll admit it, and a lot of people in the podcast know I'm a I'm a Penguins fan first. Um, not, not the most popular guy on uh, on our show, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, I'm a Penguins fan first, and a Flames fan second. Um, but growing up in Ontario, man, holy smokes, you don't get anything but uh, but Toronto media shoved down your throat. So for me, it's a it's a product of my environment, just despising the Leafs. But uh, for Calgary, the the biggest rivalry is definitely Edmonton. The uh, the Battle of Alberta is just it's something else. So good, so good. It's and so Van- good. Yeah, the fireworks have died down over the last couple of games, and I, I'm gonna need we need to ratchet that back up. Those, All those I'm things. saying is, if I would, I would not be opposed to a Battle of Alberta um, playoff matchup. So, if anybody, we'll, we'll take, please... we'll take the first seed, and yeah, we'll take you first. Can have the yeah, second. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, yeah. If if that's what, if that's what, no, you know what? Let's take it. Let's do a second round. Uh, let's do a second round matchup. How about that? Second round yeah, Battle of Alberta. I guess, I guess Vegas, Vegas jump back into the <laughs> <laughs> shit. We got so many different things we got to do, or we were that has to get done. But uh, no, that you are right though. The fireworks of the Battle of Alberta definitely not uh, not what it used to be. The whole stay off the tracks with Matthew Kachuk and Zach Cassian, and so good. It was uh, it was definitely something before, and it's kind of died down a little bit. But uh, still fun, it's still fun to rub it into to uh, to our friends up uh, north. Uh, on the highway two here. So it's nice to rub it into them. Yeah. My family, I have family in Sudbury and they're uh, like, they're split down the middle of their family between leaves and Canadians. So, oh yeah. So going in uh, Kings and uh, we mentioned a little bit Kings in the flames locker room uh, with the deadline, obviously Trevor Lewis, you have to Foley and, and obviously you're the head coach has, has they, you've said they've fit seamlessly in, uh, do you think it's going to be beneficial to have guys like that who have won multiple cups, uh, not only in the head coach, but in the locker room? I mean, I know Trevor Luce isn't really doing much as far as uh, on the score sheet, but he's, you know, being that veteran presence. What have they brought to your team and how do you think that'll benefit you guys in the playoffs? Championship mentality. That's it. Just two words. It's, uh, you know, I think it was Blake Coleman who uh, was either before the season or just, just slightly into this, into the regular season, just talking about, about, uh, uh, you know, guys with a ring who, uh, you know, he wants to bring it. Ch- he, he didn't say that, uh, you know, he didn't, you know, beat around the point and say that he's hopes to bring a championship. He said that he, you know, we will bring a championship to Calgary. It's just that, you know, that verbiage and, and, and that championship mentality. And I think that's something that, uh, even guys like Milan Lucic and, uh, you know, guys who've won there, who've been it before, been there before and, and have won it obviously to Foley, uh, Trevor Lewis, you know, there's a whole laundry list of guys in that room who have won a Stanley Cup with with other organizations. They know what it takes. They know they know what it has to what has to be done, um, and they uh, they can bring a lot. I think it's especially we're we're gonna we haven't seen it yet, but we're gonna see it. Uh, game one of the playoffs, I think, is when we're really gonna get a feel for, it. and that's something that this team has been lacking uh, in previous years in the playoffs is just that playoff experience and that championship mentality. Um, you know, how many years have we seen Johnny Gaudreau just disappear in the playoffs? A guy who's going to put up over 100 points this year and and he's just nowhere to be found in the playoffs. So I think in, in more ways than one, it's going to help uh, with the mentality and it's going to get guys like that who have historically had bad playoffs. It'll it'll get them off the skid a little bit, I think. 
Yeah, it's it's a huge change from years past where we haven't had this many Stanley Cup winners on our team. And to go back to Daryl Sutter and his quotes, like the thing I love about his post-game interviews is it's never about a single player or the regular season. Whenever he's asked about, you know, how, what, like uh, Elias Lindholm and the, the Selkie trophy, when he was asked if that means anything, he was like, I don't care about regular season awards. The only uh, award I care about is the Jennings. Cause that means we had like the lowest goals against or whatever. And it's that type of mentality that is so important to sports where nothing matters, but a championship to Daryl Sutter and, that will follow along to the players. And it's important to have, I think we have four guys that have played under Sutter in playoffs. So yeah, huge, hugely beneficial. Kiffin, if we can bring this to the Kings there, I know we we made key trades at the deadline, bringing in uh, Carter and Richards, uh, but the main guy that was uh, the, that drove, you know, Mr. Game 7, Justin Williams, you know, bringing those guys in that have cup experience and bringing them to an organization that is, was desperate for a cup in, in LA, uh, you know, not getting one in the Gretzky years. Uh, you know, what did that, what did that mentality bring to the team and how did you see the light bulb change from regular season hockey to Kings playoff hockey? Yeah. So um, I'll say, I'll say, bring, you know, bringing those guys in changes the way you see it, you know, uh, Justin Williams, uh, Mr. Game 7, I, I, there's no logical reason that that's a thing, that he just, like, puts up points in Game 7. But, you know, you got him, and, you know, there was one year where we needed him. But I think what it does, and I, I can't remember I can't remember what it was on, but there was, a, there, was, there was an interview with Dustin Brown where he said when, when L.A. lost, when they lost in 2013 to Chicago, um, that was the first time that a lot of the guys in the room – understood what they had just lost. They understood what losing in the playoffs really meant. And I think that's what that's what Daryl Sutter did. He created a an, an environment and a mentality where you started to understand the game. You know, you started to see what the game really was, which was, you know, not it wasn't a, a nightly battle, it wasn't, you know, a series, it was like minute to minute, moment to moment. You know, the the to to look back at that loss against Chicago in the Western Conference final, you know, that moment where Quickie came across and missed that shot when it went in and that was the end of the series, he I'm sure sat there for a second and took it in and he knew he knew what had what had gone on. I think Dowdy was the first guy back on that and Drew Dowdy knew what what he had lost. And I think that's I, I'm a big believer in losing in the playoffs to start winning. You know, uh, the the Oilers dynasty started with a, a loss in the Stanley Cup final to to the Islanders, and then they came they came back around and beat them in the next year. So I'm a big believer in like learning what, learning what you're really playing for and what you really could stand to lose is a big thing. Also, I mean, speaking of the Kings and the trade deadline, I mean, y'all didn't make uh, Calgary didn't make a trade with Columbus, so clearly you're not going to win the cup. Because you have to make a trade with Columbus <laughs> at the deadline to win the cup. Uh, we were pushing, we were pushing for one. It's <laughs> true. We were pushing for some uh, for some Columbus uh, some Columbus trades. It just never ended up happening. It's a lot going on in Columbus that could be <laughs> beneficial to anybody. Oh, for yeah. sure. So let's uh, let's go to shaking out the Pacific here. Uh, pretty tight. Let's go for the viewers that aren't uh, looking at the standings as we speak. Calgary, uh, eighty nine points uh, with a couple games in hand. Kings at uh, eighty six. Edmonton at eighty five, and then. Both wildcard teams at 82 with Dallas not far behind at 81. Uh, you know, Calgary controls their own destiny, so to speak, with games in hand and in, in, in the top. Looking at their schedule, uh, you, you, like you guys mentioned it a little bit, uh, a lot of a lot of games against bottom feeders, you know, like, like Anaheim and, and the Sharks, Seattle, uh, Chicago, uh, but also some tough games. You got Vegas, Nashville twice, Dallas, Minnesota, and Winnipeg. You know, you're gonna have to play some tough games here. How does that look down the stretch for you guys? And do you guys think you guys uh, can finish with the number one seed? I'd like to think so. I think they've uh, they've done enough. They 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 had the right start to kind of set themselves up for for success uh, later on. This you know where we are right now. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just not taking those games for granted. You know those those aren't uh, penciled in wins by any stretch. These are still some competitive teams. Uh, I mean. I don't want to. I, I say the word competitive a little bit loosely there when when we're talking about Seattle and and even Chicago this year. But uh, 
you know, anything can happen. I mean, it's, it's still the NHL and there's, there's a great amount of parody in this league and, um, you know, just don't take those, those penciled in wins or those, those, uh, scheduled wins for granted. And, um, you know, just especially, and especially in those Nashville games too, those are going to be big games. Cause as it stands right now, that's a playoff matchup. Um, so that's going to be some, some heavy hockey. We're going to see, uh, you know, potentially like a, like two playoff games right, uh, right then and there for those two games. So, uh, down the stretch, just don't take, take things for granted and, uh, and come prepared when you're playing the, playing the likes of Nashville and even Dallas and Vegas for that matter. Yeah, you said it best right there. You you have to come prepared. We've seen what I thought would be easy games against like a Buffalo and other teams like that, and the Flames have lost them. They haven't played up to their opponent or played down to their opponent or however you want to say it. But I think Calgary holds on to the division. I hope they do because it would mean so much to everybody in Calgary to win this division. But I I don't know like like Calgary's been on a bit of a a losing streak here and if they continue to not play up to this like extremely hard schedule coming up and there's a lot of games and especially this Pacific road trip right now like these are games you have to win and I hope they can do it because like them and LA both have pretty easy strengths of schedule from what I've seen. And Edmonton has a pretty tough schedule remaining. So it's going to be either Calgary or LA for the division. And I hope Calgary can, can keep it. Yeah. You're looking at LA is coming in um, with a couple, with a couple hard games here uh, coming up, obviously Calgary tonight, we play Edmonton uh, at home, then at Minnesota and then uh, at Chicago, which they took us to overtime and at Colorado. So, some tough games right away, but then we have, you know, two games against the Ducks, another game against Chicago, Seattle, uh, Vancouver. So, so definitely ending the season with a little bit easier stretch there. Um, as far as you guys in the first round, who who do you think you guys match up best with, with all the potential wild card uh, opportunities? Oh, boy. That's a tough one. <laughs> I'd probably say Nashville, but... At the same time, UC Soros can steal a series, and I'm scared of that. Dallas, they have come on, and they beat us in 2020, so I'm kind of scared of them. Honestly, I'd probably say we match up the best against Edmonton because I don't like their goaltending. I don't like their defense. I don't think they will be that much of a threat come the postseason like we saw last year when they got swept. So, yeah, I'd say Edmonton. Yeah, I'm probably there with you. I was just taking a look. Like, Vegas gets in. I, I don't think I want to play them because we're going to magically see uh, everybody come off of LTIR and they're just going to they're <laughs> gonna have a lot of fun there, aren't they? Um, I'd want to stay away from Dallas. Nashville, again, like you said, I'd like to play Nashville, I think. Um, but like you mentioned about Soros, I think Edmonton is probably mo- most desired in more ways than one. Not mo- not the most realistic, but probably the most desired. Uh, everybody's begging for a for a Battle of Alberta first round if if that's at all possible. Um, but yeah, probably I would say probably the likes of. But then again, like I don't know because Winnipeg could maybe do something here too, but that's highly unlikely. So the three wild, like the two wildcard teams now, Nashville, Vegas. I'm probably taking Nashville out of those two. Probably Nashville or Edmonton. I don't know. It's it's tricky because like I don't really like. You have all this faith in this team in the regular season, but they haven't like it's it's a what have you done for me lately kind of thing, right? Like we haven't seen playoff success in in this city for quite some time. So it's it's there's a bit of skepticism there as much as everybody has, you know, betting favorites and 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 the Calgary Flames are you know, high up there on the list of, of teams to make a run. Um, getting out of that first round is going to be huge. So uh, to, to answer a, a, a brief question as long as possible, uh, something I'm very good at, I, give, me, give me the Nashville Predators. I think that we can, we can uh, break down UC Soros. I'm here for that Vegas, that Vegas uh, Colorado series. Like that's, that's what I'm here for. That would be fantastic to watch. 
Yeah, they get all the, <laughs> if they get that forty million off LTIR or whatever they have, and then <laughs> yeah, that, oh yeah, that, that, that sure. team's a that team's a wagon waiting to happen. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, Kiffin. What, what, as far as the team right now, it's a high percentage chance that we play Edmonton. How do you feel about that matchup? And then if Vegas were to creep up into that third spot, how would you feel about that matchup? So I I actually wrote a piece for Hockey Royalty about this. Um, I would Shameless say plug. I was oh yeah absolutely. <laughs> I, I worked really hard on that one. Um, I would say that I would rather us play Vegas to be honest. Um, I think we have the advantage. Oh, hang on one second. I'm sorry. Why he why he uh, helps with that? I I, I think the Vegas is going to be interesting because not they might not all mesh right away. Um, and so that's interesting. But we also have a lot of guys coming off of IR. Um, you know, Dowdy and, and Roy. And so getting, if they're back towards the end of the month, I think we do match up better with Edmonton, but con- continue Kiffin going on, on, on your point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when I, when I wrote that piece, like they, Vegas hadn't uh, like all the craziness with their LTIR hadn't happened, but I definitely see us taking Vegas in six games. I think it would be a much better series for us. And um, oh my God. <laughs> Got house clean, got Vegas. house cleaning there. Yeah, Vegas is my answer. Good lord. <laughs> Sorry about that, there, listeners. Um, you got some house cleaning going on in Texas for Kiffin. I, I think I think Edmonton is something that looks uh, for us as like their goalie is a little bit uh, a little bit weaker. Uh, the Kings have that high shot mentality, but our shot shooting percentage isn't that great. Um, I don't. I think we match up well with them and going in, in that direction. And then their defense isn't that uh, solid. They're hitting a little bit more. Uh, and we've seen it, you know, if McDavid and, and Dreisaitl go cold even for a couple games, that's all you need for you to take over that series. And not saying that they will, because I think it's I think it's going to be hard for McDavid to go blank his entire career. And I think one playoff, he's just going to go, uh, you know, total Super Saiyan or something like that if, for all the nerds out there. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's going to be something interesting. But I, I think we do match up better with Edmonton. And I, I think the fact that, if you can get Colorado to or Vegas to knock out Colorado or Colorado to knock out Vegas, I think that makes it easier route for both of our teams to uh, make it out of the out of the West. It's an easier route for any team not yeah. having to play Colorado. Well, actually, yeah. Let me amend an answer from earlier in this episode that that Daryl Sutter where um, where he said what what did he say? Um, oh, about no, Colorado. I want I want to I want to stay in first. Who wants to play Colorado? What a waste of eight days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So good. I forgot about that one. That was that was classic though. It's so good. Well, it was a pleasure having you guys on. It's gonna be let's get some predictions for tonight. What do you think you guys are gonna see tonight? Let's start with Kiffin. Um I'm thinking four two LA. We got we got the steam right now. We're doing well. I think it's three two with with an empty netter. Okay. Uh I'll go. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go five two flames. Uh, and I think that's going to come at the hands of two empty netters. Um, but the Flames on a bit of a skid here. They need to bounce back. They've played well on the road uh, all year. Um, and I think that a road trip is just what this team needs. And I think this is where that three-game skid comes to an end. I'm going to say 4-3 LA. Oof. I want to predict the Flames to win, but they're on a bit of a skid here. They could easily win the game, but... I'll just I'll predict an LA win because I'm scared of LA. <laughs> I was gonna predict a Calgary win, but I was like, I, I don't want to be the contrarian, but it's, <laughs> pick that up for me, James. <laughs> Since James bit, bit the bullet, I'm gonna go. I think it's gonna be three two. Um, Kings will go Kings there, but I think it's gonna be three two game. I don't think there's gonna be that much scoring. I think both goalies play really well. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see. It's gonna be a big two points uh, either way. Uh, I could definitely see the Kings have been, I think they had 10 overtime games in this last month or something along those natures. So I could definitely be a, a three point game uh, coming in, which would really, it just benefits the Kings either way, uh, not getting into first place, but separating themselves from Edmonton, I think is the most important thing for them to hang on um, and try to bite. If they can bite a little bit more out of the apple and, and get a two O on the point skid or four point swing uh, definitely benefit. Cause you always want to go for that first place. Uh, when when you can, because I think that would be that would probably seal it for Todd McClellan to get uh, the Jack Adams Coach of the Year if the Kings get first place. Oh yeah, absolutely, hundred yeah, percent. Well, as always, I'll let you guys plug. Uh, where can they find you guys on Twitter? Obviously, you guys, your names are here on visually, but for all the just the listeners there, where can they find you guys on Twitter? Uh, and um, and uh, as as far as your podcast, 
I guess I'll go. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at Audie James, A-U-D-D-I-E, and then James uh, for the show. Uh, it's at Barnburner Show on Twitter. We're also affiliated with the uh, Hockey Podcast Network, much like yourselves. So you can uh, just head over to their website and uh, click on our little logo there, and it'll bring you to our, our uh, Calgary Flames talk. Yeah, as for myself, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram or anything at James Johnson YYC. And like Audie said, you can find the podcast at Barnburner Show or pretty much anywhere if you look up the Barnburner Hockey Podcast. And yeah, thanks for having us on. This was a lot of yeah, fun to do a little you. crossover. And Kiffin, where can they find you, man? Find me on. You can find me on Twitter at McGinnis Teaches. And I'm at Rando Commando 24. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you guys on. I want to do more of these crossovers. Maybe uh, if we meet in the in the playoffs, we can do a little Ooh, playoff yes. preview uh, and, and get that going there. Uh, uh, for all of our articles here at Hockey Royalty, you can go to HockeyRoyalty.com. We have shop and merch there. Uh, YouTube is uh, just search Hockey Royalty there, um, at Hockey underscore Royalty on Twitter. Pleasure, boys. Have coming on. It's time to get some uh, some beers in our hands and watch a little bit of some good hockey tonight. Let's do it. It's going to be a good one. Thanks, boys. Good luck tonight, boys. I right, catch you.